Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Okay, here we go. Best of the best. Top headlines at DenverSports.com. The front page. Will Peterson writing about this uh, coaching search. And I love the headline. Dizzying Broncos coaching search has become increasingly frustrating. And his first line is, what is going on? At what point? And is there a point? And have we arrived at it? Have we blown past it? Does this ownership group, does this organization owe us, fans, people who cover this team, people who care about the Denver Broncos, do they owe us more transparency as to what's going on? No, they don't owe us more transparency because they're trying to make the best decision for them. And they're doing that and holding it close to the vest because they don't want somebody else on that same scent, if you will. So I don't think they owe us transparency. I think the best organizations in football don't let don't let information out. I, I think there's a lot like nobody, and I mean nobody, nobody saw Russell Wilson getting traded last offseason. Matter of fact, a lot of people on the inside were like, no, this ain't that's not gonna happen. And then all of a sudden what happened? It happened. Like, nobody let that leak on either side. The Broncos didn't let that leak. So, I think the best organizations keep their business to themselves. To a point, though, because they they haven't interviewed anybody in over a week and a half. As far as we know. Again, as far as we know. Right. There was a time when, leading up to the John Fox hire, where the Broncos were doing live video streams of the the interviews and guys coming into the building, guys sitting in the building. And it was Elway who at the time said, hey, I I want complete transparency here with everything that we got going on. I like that. I, I get it. There's some secret, you know, there's some high... Level back channel negotiations that are going on. Those are that called maybe clandestine. Cl- yes, clandestine or clandestine. I don't know which one is it. I'm, I've always struggled with that one. I'm more of a clandestine guy. Man, the language of fortune. Yeah, I the clan. Well, I'd bet say uh, that's a. I mean, Dirk Pitt had a lot of clandestine meetings. I like clandestine. Clandestine, clandestine. It's like niche or niche. Yeah. I'm a niche guy. Yeah, if you say niche, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, I got I, right. I'd like to. Right, high five. Oh, it's a, yeah. It's, <laughs> um, it's very niche. Yeah, niche. <laughs> yeah. Right. You get the backhand as soon as right. I hear that. Niche. Okay, where were we? I don't know. I, I wouldn't mean. mind a little bit more transparency. Well, of course, because it makes it easy to cover. Well, no. You know, somebody somebody said, you know, you guys must, must hate this, and it, it must be embarrassing not to be able to have answers. I... 90% of sports talk is speculation. 90% of the talk that you get together with your buddies and talk sports is speculation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I don't mind this at all. I, I think it's fun trying to read between the lines and read the tea leaves. Yeah. I'm not frustrated. 
yeah, I'd like to see this thing get resolved, but I love trying to piece this together. I didn't even realize this. I'm, is I'm the, not bored is, this by is it. Senior Bowl week. This is, in fact, Cecil Lammy is going to join us at eight thirty from Mobile. Oh, right, yeah, now, see, Mobile, not mobile. mobile. This Mobile. This is the thing about this is the thing about not having a coach in place. And I get that you're going to send your you're going to send your scouts down there and everything else, but. Again, understanding, like, I'll give you a for instance. Tyreek Woolen, who had whatever he had, dropped to the fifth round. That dude went to the Pro Bowl. He was phenomenal for Seattle. Okay? Fifth round cornerback. One thing about Pete Carroll, he knows what he wants. San Francisco, they know what they want from their linebacker, their linebacking core. They know what the mo- the model is. Like, they are tied together that way. That comes from, hey, my coach wants this style. Now we go put that style together. Like, that's where, that's where stability that's fair. is important. Because George Payton is still the general manager. Sure. Now, how much power he truly has or will have remains to be seen. But, yeah, the the work is getting done. The draft prep and the draft grades are getting done. And my guess is, is that whoever becomes the next coach... Either George Payton is going to have the same power that he has now, or he'll be answering to somebody else, but that person will probably want George around for a year mm-hmm. because George has been doing all the work and all the evaluation. Yes. A- absolutely. It's like when John Elway took over as general manager, Brian Zanders was here as the GM. John kept him around for a year. Right. So John truly got the lay of the land around here. Yeah. I, it's just as it's interesting. You talk to different coaches about different players and and different positions and what they want. And you know, you could talk to ten different coaches and you'll get ten different things that they want from a certain position group. So every coach has a little bit different kind of concept of what that guy wants at that particular position. And you know, you have to be in lockstep as a scouting staff to understand what the guy wants based upon his system and what he'd like to see happen. If that makes sense. So I want I want to be able to play the uh, soundbite for this one. Uh, this oh is that that's the Schefter Broncos will swing big one with uh, Pat. Okay, so we've had Ian Rappaport yes. come out recently say Broncos are, 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 are on the precipice of doing something big. Big. Uh, yesterday, Adam Schefter. Yeah, he came on with the afternoon show, the afternoon boys, and said Jim Harbaugh is no longer a candidate. Mm-hmm. But he also went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and Adam said this. I think Denver's shown that it's willing to swing big. I think it will continue to try to swing big, whoever that is. We'll see what they're going to do, Pat. No, you have an be- answer. It's right there. I saw wow. it. It was sitting in your mouth. <laughs> it was sitting right there in your mouth. Who, you think Sean's coaching next year or no? You know, I'll tell you one thing. If if the Colts can bring in Jeff Saturday, to be in, why can't the Broncos bring in Pat McAfee? No. Adam, good dodge. Good dodge, Tim. Mm-hmm. But... This is what I love to do. Let's try to read tea leaves and connect dots. If, <laughs> if Adam comes on and says Jim Harbaugh is no longer a candidate, he said Mike Shanahan no, is not a candidate, and he still believes that the Broncos are ready to swing big, then who's left? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Right. Which is what they should have done when this whole thing started. They should have listened to me, listened to you, and just hired Sean Payton. 
you guys could have saved yourself a lot of time. The man in the mom jeans is correct. Just listen to us in the first place. God, the Broncos will be in such better shape if they just listened to us the last six, seven years. Can you imagine? <laughs> Championship. Yep. We'd be we'd be Kansas City going to five straight AFC championships. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. We'd be doing it with a khaki pants quarterback that didn't cost us anything either. Right. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway, you can uh, you can read that whole Adam Schefter uh, story, see the video. Uh, it was all put together by by Scrappy Will Peterson. So good job there, Will. I like this one. Jake Shapiro at DenverSports.com put together a list of Dick Montfort's five most memorable quotes. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> I haven't even heard of me and I'm laughing. Go ahead. Give it to me. Yeah, this is good. This should be good. A lot of times, W. W. Tonight it didn't happen. Mm. So, um, he, he responded to a uh, disgruntled season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. One Rockies fan was displeased with the team's play. This right. was back in 2014. And <laughs> he responded, Monfort did, if product and experience that bad, don't come. <laughs> Good message from your, your owner. That's right. Hey, listen, I can't do anything about it. You don't like it, don't come. That's good. Again, 2014. Firing off emails from his iPad to uh, fans. By the way. You talk. Maybe Denver doesn't deserve a franchise. Maybe time for it to find a new home. Thanks. Okay. Wow. wow. Threatening to leave. Wow. Very passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Comfort. You can't. You can't leave here. They just. They forty thousand flock to enjoy sunshine, peanuts, and beer every night. In 2019, before the season began, Dick Monfort said, quote, I firmly believe that we have the tools to compete at an even higher level next year. We all know how close we are. And if they did what they did last year, we can win the division and more. They won 90 games the year before, and they lost 90 that year. Mm-hmm. Liar! No, he was talking about the tools. He was talking about paintbrushes and rollers, making sure that every night that stadium is in tip-top shape. Mm-hmm. They've got the tools to be even better than they were last year, to even put more people in the sands. And, of course, the uh, the most uh, recent one that uh, just came out over the weekend when he spoke to a group in Greeley, I believe we can be a 500 team. That's right. Something to aspire to. Huge. 500. I believe the prospects are our future. Bring them up and let them lead the way. Yeah, He believes that they easily could have had 15 of their prospects on the top 100 MLB prospect list. That's right. Wow. We deserve so much more. We deserve so much more. The Rockies baseball experience here Uh, has been a... It has been the... It has been the mother load that has never been mine. But do we do we deserve so much more? Yes, because this is a great baseball town. 
This has the potential but, to be. I saw you saw it in 07. Oh, I, you saw it in October. I, I, it was it was Mike. This city's seen nothing like that. You lose a couple of years in a row, and people here for Broncos country is livid. Mm-hmm. Pitchforks and Latins. Yep. You lose. Hey, you get an owner that says, "Hey, I guarantee you, we're going to be close to 500 this year." You know what they'll still do? Pack 40,000 people in there every night. And I'll be one of them. Rolling, running down, enjoying the sights and sounds and, and just enjoying baseball. You'll go, but how many times more would you go if they were really competitive? Sure. I went to okay. one game last year. One game. Yeah. My son my son came to me and said, hey, can we go to a baseball game? And what dad is going to say no to his right. 16-year-old son about going to a baseball game? So we went to a game. And it was awesome. Yeah, I went to one. If that was a contending Rockies team... Oh, yeah. That's I'd true. have gone to 15, 20 games. Right. So that's where it's a waste. Yeah. And that, I guarantee you I'm not alone. Yeah. That part is true. But they still, I mean, let's face it. It's a great, it's a great evening. Relatively, you know, in all things considered, relatively inexpensive. Yes. I mean, when you're, when you're thinking about professional sports in general, you can get into building for what, 20 bucks or mm-hmm. You know, twenty dollars to park, whatever. I mean, you can't go. To, you can't go to a movie, a matinee anymore for that. Here's where, and I've always believed this, and I've got the benefit of having done talk radio in this town for twenty five years, so I have a pretty good view of sure. the fans, the fan bases, how they feel, and everything. There is no doubt in my mind that if all four Denver sports teams won championships in the same year, okay, uh-huh. same year, and you went and you just ranked them in terms of. Um, it's just the overall enthusiasm, excitement, size of the parade, all that stuff. Of course, it'd be Broncos number one. That hasn't sure. changed. I believe the Rockies would be number two, and it wouldn't be close. And then I think it would be the Nuggets three, and then the Avalanche four. Yeah, I I completely agree. When the, we can argue, maybe well, Avs and Nuggets, the, but the Rockies is number two, no doubt. When the Rockies are relevant. Which is not has not been very often, but when they're relevant, dude, they are they are not that they're threatening to usurp the popularity of the Broncos, but they're pushing. You put together a rocky run like the Avalanche have enjoyed over the last five years, and imagine what it would be like oh around gosh. here for a full summer. Oh my gosh, for a full summer, starting April yeah. when things are. De- Dude, it would be it'd be crazy because of the length of the season, because of it being there during the summer where there's more free time, the the enthusiasm, the excitement, the the buzz uh, around the Rockies. If they and I know it's hard to imagine. I, I guarantee right. you, people. I, I know there are people right now in their cars and they're listening and going, "Come on, Mike, more exciting than the Avalanche." Or the, I'm telling you, yeah. Because of the nature of baseball, how long the season is, when it takes place, the everyday nature of it. Yeah, it would be be great if you're going into the All Star break and you're number one in the West. Mike, could you imagine? Or your number, you're nestled like at number two, and you're a game behind the Dodgers. Can you imagine the excitement? Getting ready for a three game series against the Dodgers when you come out of the All Star break and come on, I know, I know. We're we're, we're creating a scenario that you're 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 like no way. I can't even fathom it. I know, can't do it. 
But yeah, because your owner never happened. Your owner's like, hey, your owner's like, hey, you don't like it. We got a chance it? to be. We got a chance. No, your role is shut your mouth, you jabroni. You know, you're, when you got an owner's like, hey, you don't like it? Maybe we'll move the franchise. Yeah. Oh yeah, then, we'll take our ball and we'll go home. Right. Well, see you later. <laughs> right. That is what's going on at the uh, DenverSports.com front page with uh, new content, new columns, new. Uh, Opinion pieces, information pieces, videos. It's all going on at denversports.com, and it's all free to you. Uh, so, I think it's, I think it's Peyton. I'm yeah. now, I'm now feeling like it's going to be Peyton because if Harbaugh is done. And at some point, it's got to become clear to right. the guys that he's just—he's just not into you. You know the—you know what's interesting about that? Peyton has—I was talking to him earlier, like a couple of weeks ago, and he's kind of gone radio silence on me. Sean Peyton, yeah, yeah. We were texting back and forth a few weeks ago, and now yeah. it's all of a sudden it's become a little bit radio silence. Oh, mm-hmm. scandalous! Well, since does that mean does that mean he's actually doesn't want to give anything away? Since we're left to connect dots, I I believe that when you got Adam saying Harbaugh's closed, that's uh-huh. done. But yet he's going on saying that the Broncos are prepared to do something big. Ian Rappaport saying they're prepared to do something big. Mm-hmm. Mike Kliss is on Nine News yesterday saying he believes that a coach will be named by the end of the week. The only person left is Peyton. Right. And to me, what we're looking at, my guess, it's a guess, but it's an educated guess, is that this is is, is all about playing negotiation chicken with Mickey Loomis and the Saints. Yeah. It's about what the draft capital is going to be, what the trade is going to be. Both sides are playing hardball. Somebody's going to blink. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately Mickey Loomis blinks because... If Sean Payton really wants this job, I don't think Mickey Loomis is going to stand in his way. They they do have a close relationship that way. I, I would imagine that they'll find a way to get something done. I agree with you on that. By the way, you have really irritated a lot of Avalanche fans. Hockey, oh, I know. Hockey guy is not... Oh, I'm sure they are. Not happy with you. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, not, not, oh, yeah. Not happy with you. Boy, oh boy. Typical anti-Avs attitude, Mike. <laughs> Anti-Avs attitude? Yeah, that's you. It's you, even though you had an award-winning uh, podcast. I know. Avalanche podcast. Do you disagree with me that the Rockies would be... Plus, the Rockies no. have never done it before, too, so right. this would be their first the Avs, one. Okay, but- I, I will say this. The Avs have one of the most passionate fan bases in sports. And in this town. Would you agree with that? Oh, sure. Of course. Incredibly passionate. I'm not arguing their passion. But again, it's a a very small sliver of the overall population, I think. That's been my experience. Like, there's no better place. When I I got to go to a couple of the the Stanley Cup final games down to the sack, it was awesome. Tell you what, man. It was like... As fans are crazy. They're fun. They're the games are awesome. They're great. But again, it's it it like when you look at the overall if you if you 
give it a pie chart. This is math, kind of. And you pie charted the amount of, like, just hardcore fans. That sliver is as thick, the hardcore fans, as, as any fan base in town. But when you're talking overall casual makeup, like sport fan, hockey would be have the smallest amount of overall fans. If Does that make sense, what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, the, as far as a hardcore is concerned, there's as many hardcore as fans probably as there are, are, you know, I mean, there's probably more hardcore ass fans than there are hardcore Nuggets fans or even hardcore Rockies fans. But when you're talking about the overall, like you're saying, hey, man, I'm just a sports fan, the ass fans would come in four. Abs would come in fourth in the overall makeup of, of fandom in in Denver, in, in Colorado. You know, for the text who said, you're wrong, baseball's a dying sport. Not locally, it isn't. Mm-mm. Not locally. Baseball continues to thrive locally. Now, I get it. The idea that uh, people are going to tune in to watch a uh, Sunday night game of the week. Right. From Colorado to sit down and watch the Dodgers and Cardinals play is unlikely. But when it comes to the regional audiences, baseball's flush with cash. Flush with cash. 100%. Baseball is a much bigger economy than the NHL is. Just is right. It's 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 a far bigger uh, revenue producer than than the NHL. Like I'm not here to crap on hockey. I love and, and for anybody who says you have typical anti abs attitude, dude. Have you heard me talking about the Rockies for the last 25 years? Right. I can't stand the way the Rockies are run. I take every opportunity I can to rip on the Rockies because they deserve it. But yet I'm still being honest when I tell you they. They would get the, the, if you're listing all four, they would be number two. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason, too, is because there are so many transplants here that love baseball. And it's very easy to be a fan of of one team and adopt, in this case, the Rockies. I don't think it's as easy to do with, with hockey or basketball or football. Again, because of the everyday, long, six-month nature of baseball. I think it's just easier to say, yeah, I'm a fan of uh, the, the Yankees, yeah. but, um, I, you know, I'm living out here now. Right. I can easily adopt the, the Rockies. Yeah, I'm, no a big, I'm a big Cubbies fan, but, man, I love baseball. I'm going to just go out and watch the Rockies. They're yeah. going to be my team unless Cubbies come through town. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, that you, you see that all the time. You see that all the time. But hockey guy, not happy with you right now. I get it. Check out my podcast, newest one, dropping t- uh, Thursday. Well, I would think that uh, Nugget Fan would be quickly sounding a, a charge here on the text line saying, yeah, hey, no, no, we're, we're third. We'd be third. We'd be second. Yeah, no, Nugget Fan is pretty. They're just like, yeah, okay. They're just happy. They're happy the Nuggets are relevant right now. Should be. No, nuggets are more than relevant, man. Nuggets are awesome. Coming up. Cecil Lammy, he's uh, what is it, the seventeenth year he's he's done this now, where he goes, oh, he does the whole scouting oh, yeah, circuit, yeah. East West Shrine Game. Now he's he's in Vegas this weekend for the Shrine Game. Now he's in Mobile, Alabama, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. What mm. what scout? What new scouting terms are out there? What new scouting terms are out there? And more importantly, he's in an environment where teams have their scouts, have their personnel. You know, there's chatter going on. Oh. What's he hearing about right, the Broncos? Right. Cecil will tell us next. You're 
need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Funny, sister, you're so... You're so... Big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big. Huge. We head to Mobile, Alabama. Site of the Senior Bowl, and that is where mm-hmm. Cecil Lammy is hunkered down for, what oh. is it, Cecil, the 17th straight year? Yeah, 17 years in a row, pretty much as long as I've known both of you. So, yeah, real long time I've been coming here to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, but it is glorious, and I'm ready for a great day of practice. Oh, you know what? Uh, I'm kind of envious, not that I, I want to go, but I'm kind of envious because you are <laughs> in your you're in your element, uh, obviously, uh, I want to know any new scouting terms that happen to be floating around, but give me the, the one of the things about Mobile or about Indianapolis or any of those places that you go to, you know, for the combine, all that stuff, is all the rumors floating around. So, what do you what do yeah. you found out about the Broncos in this coaching search? What I found out is that Adam Schefter knows something that we don't know. Like everyone, it's the biggest mystery here in Mobile. It was the biggest mystery in Vegas over the weekend when I was out there. Uh, talking to NFL types and just being around the scouting community. Like, at first, people were saying, like, ah, the Broncos are being aggressive, right, because the PR note came out and our buddies like Cliff and stuff were reporting, the Broncos will be aggressive when whoever turned them down or whatever they moved on. And then some names started floating out. Um, and then you're like, wait a second, what? Like, huh? Could they actually be considering, you know, these sort of shocking type of names? So, Everyone's just kind of waiting and wondering, but you highlight it, Stink. I mean, the the thing about these things, I love the practice. I love the football. But this place is a hen house. That's all it is. It's a hen house because all the scouts love to talk. They love to talk to each other. You love to hear the rumors and the rumblings behind the scenes stuff. And right now, everyone's just kind of throwing wild guesses as to what Denver could actually do. So what's the vibe? What's the word on the street about Sean Payton? Uh, Sean Payton seems to be back in the target area of the Denver Broncos. Like, that seems to be where the buzz is. But, you know, we're hearing all sorts of names. I know that Mike Shanahan has been a popular name to be floated out there by the fan base. Like, so I think right now everyone's just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And we know with Greg Penner, not a lot gets out. I don't mind that. I actually really like that. It's different from the L.A. regime. Sorry, John, or anyone in the building that all they did was just tell everybody everything. Like, you don't hear that. There's no leaks at all in this situation. But Sean Payton now went from probably not or maybe it's a thing, oh, it looks like it's going to happen, to no, and then no, probably not. And now it's back to like, oh, my God, could it actually happen? I think that's just where we're at in the cycle. And people were saying maybe today is the day. I have no idea. But when I get out to practice, I'm going to find out some more. And certainly tonight when the cold pops and beats are flowing, uh, there will be more rumors, I'm sure, flying around Mobile. How much of a disadvantage of it is to not have a coach, to not have uh, your identity, you know, to, to not have that kind of partnership between coach and the scouts that are there for the Broncos right now yeah. to make sure you get yeah. the the guys that you know, the guys that fit what you want to do. How much of a disadvantage are the Broncos at? I think it's a big disadvantage. Think I'm going through my notes of players that I like from the Shrine Bowl. I'm going through my notes of players who I am looking forward to at the Senior Bowl. I don't run the damn team. I don't know what they want for blocking scheme or defensive scheme or anything like that. So, like, yeah, I think it's a huge disadvantage because. 
there are players, and as I look at my notes right now, I'm like, okay, the Broncos should like this guy, but does he even fit what they do? Does he fit their identity? Does they fit their system? We don't know. We don't know what their system is. And some players are not system-specific. I'll give you an example. A.J. Finley, the safety from Ole Miss that I saw in Vegas, like, He's an outstanding player. He does great things, you know. So, so that type of player, he's not system specific. But there are certainly system specific players who you get really excited about, and then you go, "Oh wait, we don't have a coach. I have no idea what we're looking for." So I'm just kind of here to see who stands out, and then hopefully the Broncos system, whoever that is, kind of fits some of these standout players that I'm seeing over the last you know week for these two All Star games. So to piggyback on Mark's question. Do, do you get the sense, is it is it business as usual for George Payton? And do you get any sense, any whispers about has George Payton's power been neutered at all? Is, is he is he still the guy in charge? What, I want to ask you specifically, George Payton, what's your read on him? I think it's way better for George Payton this year. George Payton has an eye for talent. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not going to fall all over myself because he found Pat Sertan. I really get almost offended when people are like, but he found Pat Sertan. Pat Sertan was a freaking can't-miss prospect, okay? I'll tell you who he did miss on, Tariq Wollin. Why? Because he wanted Delarian Turner-Yale. Tariq Wollin went on to lead the league in interceptions, right? And, and arguably better than Pat Sertan. I don't think he is, but still, like, that was a, you know, a myth, to be sure, that you could have got in the fifth round. Don't get me started on Montreal, Washington. Isaiah Pacheco's out there running wild for the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, and Montreal Washington can't play. Like, so you're making these day three mistakes. This is where you got to find this talent. This is where last year in the coaching search and the behind the Broncos, which was fantastically produced. I feel bad, you know, knocking it. But, like, I don't need the behind the scenes. I don't need George Payton. George the George Payton cam. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need that. I need George Payton grinding tape. I need George Payton on the road scouting, looking for players. And that's where I think his eye for talent can come through even more this year because he doesn't have that distraction. Now, you mentioned power. Does he have the power? We don't know the head coach, so we don't know the influence necessary. But, again, finding the talent, that's what he needs to do because talent comes through. Stink will tell you. Guy, hey, maybe this guy doesn't fit everything, but he's super talented. Give me good football players, and my good football players will go beat your good football players, regardless of scheme or system or fit. I still think it's a disadvantage, but I think it's an advantage for George is that he's able to do what he does best and that scout, don't worry about the coaching hire. Go find the best players for this team because they need a lot. Okay, two things I'm interested in before we let you go. Um, one, I want us to be able to cre- create a scouting term while you're there, and let's see if we can make it catch fire. I think elastic okay. hips. Okay. Elastic hips might be might be the Ooh. term. That's a, that's a good one, right? <laughs> Guy's got elastic hips. Okay, now the second one, this one's more serious. Um, O-line issues. We've had them. We haven't been able to fix them. Um, give me a sense of what kind of talent is out there because I've heard there's not a lot of kind of can't miss first rounders in this draft. But uh, you know, uh, as far as offensive linemen are concerned, so w- what's your what's your take on the offensive linemen that are out there right now? And do we have any fits here in Denver? Yeah, and fits here in Denver is Osiris Torrance is the only guard that you would take. That's how I start with guard. Um, Osiris Torrance is the best one, the Florida kid, and he's the best guard, period. First rounder, I don't think he's even going to be there, though, by the time the Broncos pick in this class. So that's interesting. Tackle class, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma would be my pick, but that's four tackles in. 
maybe even five tackles in, depending on how you have your, your class structured, you know, Jones, et cetera. Like, I, I think you're looking at a player like that and going, okay, who's the fifth best tackle we can get because of where they're at in the first round. So, yeah, they could take a guard, the one guard that's in this class, not a good class for guards, not a good class uh, for free agent guards either, which means Dalton Reisner might just stay because I honestly think he's the best option out there, regardless of the draft or, or free agency. Tackle class is top-heavy. There's stars in this tackle class. But, again, I'll go back to the George Payton thing. Last year, not getting an Abraham Lucas, like it was clear what Abraham Lucas could be, and you see him just pass on these tackle prospects, and that was in the mid-rounds. What was Lucas, like a third-rounder snake, top of my head? Like, okay, so yeah. you're passing on tackles that could start that were mid-rounders. This year, there's like the first five guys, and there's nothing. So you better get a tackle round one because it dries up quick and you have to fix that position now. And I think a guy like Harrison, who's a left, can play right this year, be a left eventually because that's going to be a problem before you know it with Derek Bowles aging as we speak. So, yeah, offensive line, big concern, but not a great class this year for the Broncos to look at. Cecil, have fun looking at quarterbacks with their shirts off. Oh, I love it. I always do. Yes. See you, Cecil. See you, Cecil. Be good, fellas. Cecil Lammy, live from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Join us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. You can never go wrong with driving a guy guy like Lincoln because you know he'll always tell the truth, right? (sighs) Correct. 100%. Always. Lincoln always tells the truth. Uh, Coming up, why trading for Sean Payton shouldn't even be a consideration for Broncos ownership and getting a deal done. Tell you why next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Hey, just want to clear something up because... As we've uh, been told by by many Bronco insiders, hey, the Broncos aren't leaking anything. That if you want information, you got to get it from the other side, whoever the other side is, whether it's Jim Harbaugh in Michigan or Sean Payton or, or you know stuff coming out of Houston about D'Amico Ryan's mm-hmm. whatever. But there there was a on a Michigan site. Uh, called the Wolverine that covers Michigan sports, and, and they themselves. By the way, I want I want to stress this, and and we by no means at any point today have said this is a report. Uh, it is it is something that was uh, picked up on by the folks at the Wolverine, and even they said, "Look, this could be complete BS, but don't shoot the messenger." This is what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. So what they were hearing was a report that had the Broncos. Agreeing in principle to a deal with Jim Harbaugh last week, prepared to announce it late last week, offering the offer to pay him $16 million per year with basically uh, a clause in the deal that would, would make him eventually the highest paid coach in, in the NFL. Uh, sources close to the Broncos have told us that that uh, is, right. was, was, was not a valid report. By the way, based on all that's gone on, and there's been a lot going on, I don't believe the Broncos have officially made an offer to anybody, have they? No, not not to the best of our knowledge. No, right? No, I don't believe that. That is, I don't believe that's true either. Get it done with Sean Payton, please. 
Just get it done. We had Mike uh, Cliss on with us earlier. And uh, Fever, I know you have this. This was um, Cliss's take when I asked him, hey, what could be the holdup with Sean Payton? Here's what uh, Cliss had to say. Just Sean Payton himself, for instance, is a very complicated, complex candidate because, you know, let's say Sean Payton is, you know, someone you want to you want to take to the end of the line before making a decision. Man, that's uh, there's a lot you got to do there with him. You know, the trade with New Orleans when you really can't afford to give away any draft picks, right? And because of the Russell Wilson situation, giving away a, a, a first and a, and a third for Sean Payton, it, you know, um, that would be easy if he didn't give away two first-round picks and two second-round picks last year. It's kind of compounding the, the, the matter with Sean Payton. Now, maybe you still do it. I don't know. If, if he's your guy, if there were no strings attached, I would say Sean Payton would be the best candidate because, you know, he knows how to uh, fix a culture and bring a winning culture to the Broncos and, and everything, you know, all the minor details. Plus, he's probably the best to reboot uh, Russell Wilson as he, he's more of the quarterback whisperer, even than Jim Harbaugh. But there are some serious, serious strings attached. I don't get that. If you think you have a guy that checks all those boxes, is a proven winner, is one of the top three or four offensive minds in football, is somebody that you're confident will come in and establish a culture and demand accountability and yet also be a a very relatable players-type coach, you don't sweat the 29th pick in the draft. No, that is so short-sighted. You're you're you would be making a move for Peyton with the idea that this is a five, seven, ten-year move. Right? Why you would put up a, the 29th pick in the draft and maybe an extra pick right. as a roadblock that cannot be crossed? That's stupid See, to I, me. I think, but I think it comes. I think it comes from the Saints side. 29th pick doesn't have enough value for us. Especially when you look at what some of the other coaches have commanded. I mean, Sean Payton is, you know, I mean, Sean Payton, how many winning, how many times has he won double digits in his 15 years as the New Orleans Saints coach? And what was it, like 10 times he's won double digit games? He's won a Super Bowl? He's been to the playoffs multiple times? Like, I think that's from the Saints side, that's not enough value. For what we're what you're asking us to give up now, I get if it's 29th pick this year, and then you have to dip into next year's draft and say, okay, we'll throw a second rounder in there for you or whatever. I don't know what their I don't know what their draft situation is, but um, man, I I tell you what, 29th pick overall is that that to me is a second rounder. So you know if if go all the way back to John Gruden, Tampa Bay won a Super Bowl, but that was two first-rounders they gave up. If you're looking at it like, certainly Sean Payton has had more success than John Gruden did as the Raiders head coach, then wouldn't you be saying, no, we want something that's a little bit more, has a little bit more depth to it than that. And I understand, I understand from... You know, from the Saints' perspective or the Broncos, or the Broncos' perspective, hey, if we give you this first round, we can't give you. If we give you up our our third rounder, then we don't have a pick until the fourth round. 
Like we need, we need at least again. Though if you're if you're looking at this as a seven to ten year arrangement, commitment, mm-hmm. marriage with Sean Payton, right? I, I'm going. I'm going full less need with you. F the picks. Because in in this case, the the value of a Sean Payton, what he can bring to your franchise over the course of the next seven to ten years, dwarfs, dwarfs. I agree. I agree a couple of first round picks, and then then you're going to have to then you're going to have to be really good in free agency. You have to be really good. I mean, you can't you can't swing and a miss. You you can't miss on the free agents you go out and get. But I would argue that you get a guy like Sean Payton, I think you mm-hmm. become a more attractive free agent destination. Oh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And if he can turn Russell Wilson around, right, then Russ becomes yeah. somebody that will attract free agents because we know the nature of the quarterback right. position and how even defensive players when they're making their free agent decisions they're looking who's the quarterback. Well, look at look at the look at the difference Jerry Judy the difference Jerry Judy made toward the end of the season when they when they moved him over to the X receiver. And all of a sudden he just I mean was on fire. All of a sudden he looked like one of the like where you finally he looked like the guy you drafted him to be. Like he finally looked like a legitimate Potential big time wide receiver, like a, a true number one, as opposed to now. I know he's had some injury issues and other things of that nature, but he never ever looked like that until you you moved him to the right position. Sean Payton would find the right position for guys. So maybe what what you need from a roster standpoint is, hey, let's put guys in the right position with the right system with the right scheme so that they can actually thrive, as opposed to hamstringing them right off the bat. I find this fun and fascinating, trying to connect the dots. So mm-hmm. here we go. This is, this is as we end things and get ready to hand it off to the Players Club, here's what we've learned today. Ian Rappaport thinks the Broncos are going to do something big. Adam Schefter with Pat McAfee saying yesterday, the Broncos have shown no reluctance. They wanna, they're want they prepared to do something big. Okay, there's the word again, big. Mm-hmm. Mike Kliss came on with us and said uh, he does not believe that they're going to expand the search. New candidates anytime soon. He also added that Jim Caldwell is still in the mix, and perhaps even Dan Quinn is still in the mix. So he thinks that we're still looking at the pool of the original candidates, which were Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Dan Quinn, Jim Caldwell. Guess you could still throw D'Amico Ryans in there, but all indications are Ryans going to Houston. So... Dot connecting time. What's your what's your gut feeling? By the way, Mike also on Nine News Television last night saying he believes that a coaching decision, coaching hire, could be made by the end of the week. So, mm. well, I came out right out of the gate saying I feel like it's Jim Harbaugh, but Adam said it's not Jim Harbaugh. I don't think that door's closed. I don't. Because go back to what we started right. this segment with. Do you believe the Broncos have made an official offer to anybody? No. Well, that means they haven't been turned down by anybody, right? Correct. All right, then. I believe 
could they still be working a deal with, like, they could still be working behind the scenes with the Saints trying to get a deal worked out so they could make an official offer to Sean? I think this is a high-stakes game of chicken being played, negotiation chicken right now, and I'm, I believe the Broncos are waiting for Mickey Loomis and the Saints to back down. Yes. And if ultimately Sean Payton was right when he said, hey, I'm negotiating with Mickey. Mm-hmm. And because of the close relationship that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis have, I cannot believe when it comes to not cutting time that Mickey Loomis is going to say, sorry, Sean, I know this is where you want to go, right. but I'm not going to let it happen. I think when it comes time for somebody to blink, I believe it'll be Mickey Loomis. And I'm still hoping it's going to be Sean Payton. You know what we've solved today? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> we solved nothing. But it's been fun. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. I, yeah, that's right. I know that some of you are just like, I've had enough of this. Wake uh-huh. me up when it's over. Yeah. I think it's I think it's fun. Yes. It is. Trying to figure it, it out. Fun. Clues. Yeah. It has been fun. It's like we're detectives. I know. Right? Real gumshoes. (laughs) (laughs) Players Club is coming up next.